Hey everybody, welcome back. Welcome back to Phantom Power Music. This is the Artist Hour series where we interview unsigned artists from around the world. This is episode four. We got a great one for you today. Really cool band out of Pittsburgh called Herbivore. We're just getting into the whole Bitcoin value for value world. What is value for value? That is the exchange of value between the listener and the artists that they hear on these musical broadcasts or between the listener and the podcast host. That is where the listener can send in little pieces of Bitcoin, otherwise known as Satoshis, directly through those modern podcasting 2.0 apps that you are listening to this show on, such as Podverse, Podfans, CurioCaster, Fountain, things like that. Look up podcasting 2.0 apps. If you Google that, you will find these amazing apps where you can listen to podcasts and send in little pieces of Bitcoin directly via Lightning Network and some cool wallet splitting technologies and all that kind of fun stuff that I talk about on so many other shows. Anyways, great interview with a couple of the guys from this band out of Pittsburgh called Herbivore. We're going to be talking to Matt, the singer, Anthony, the drummer, and Nick, who is the sound guy and part-time bass player and definitely kind of like the Sounds like he's the band historian and the band sound guy, that type of dude. And every band needs a dude like that. He's a, he's a really cool guy. But we're going to listen to their most recent single first, which is called On The Walk Home. We're going to play that, and then we will play the extended interview with these guys. So hope you got your wallets all stacked up with some Bitcoin and you can send some sats to these fellas. Um, This is a really cool, really unique band that spans a lot of genres and they kept me guessing and that's why they're on the show because I think they're really hip. So I will shut up. Let's play their latest single called On The Walk Home and then we'll bring them on the show. Here we go. Show me a path which to embark It never came so I stayed in the dark Just come with me and let's grab ourselves a drink Oh, oh, oh. 
Come on in, Nick. Hello. What's it's up? Ooh, look at that shit. You guys got you got lined up the 58s and the cans, and you're ready to go. You got <laughs> oh, it. Yeah. You oh, do call yeah. them cans. I heard that in your your last podcast. Yeah, man. First, I've heard that. Honestly. All right. Well, and I, I got another I got another trick one for you because you probably fucking see it from my gray hair. By the way, feel free to cuss. Oh yeah, <laughs> we were asking we were asking ourselves that question. <laughs> um like if you it, 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 if i were to um 
like if you guys were mixing my band and I said, Hey man, put some grease on that kick. What, what, what do you think grease would be? Posey, Nick. <laughs> something, something that's going to give it some nice fat character. Well, yeah, Grease? Grease? Have you guys ever heard that? You guys never heard that? Damn, I am old, man. Fuck. <laughs> well, Fuck. it's Reaver. Maybe it's oh, Reaver. Oh, okay, I actually never, I didn't know that. Posey, we make, we pick fun of him for having greasy hair because he's Italian and he's our drummer. So I would probably say something related to that. <laughs> drummer, greasy. Love it. Love it. Well, let's just, let's just dive right in. I mean, shit, I might even just, uh, um, I might even just edit out the first couple of seconds of that, but thank you guys for joining me. We've got Matt, Anthony, and Nick, right? Correct. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. Now, who just now we're not going to use the video, we're just going to use the audio. Like, who's who here? Which one's Matt? Okay. Oh, Matt. Matt's on the right. Yeah. You're yeah, Matt. Matt in the middle. Matt in the middle. Anthony, right here. Anthony on the right, and then Nick on the left. All right. Let me make a note over here so I can so I know who's who. Nick on the left. And you guys are joining us from Pittsburgh, the city That's of bridges, the, the steel city. Greatest city in the world. Oh, yeah. Right on. And we just heard, uh, we started off the podcast with a little intro and then I uh, played on the walk home. Um, and then we're going to do at, at the end of the show, I'll, I'll take it out uh, with pixelated smile. Um, but you guys are really fascinating to me. Like every, like I, what, what, what is the origin story of herbivore? Uh, I guess I'll take this one away a little bit. Uh, it pretty much started with me and Anthony. Uh, we used to work at an Italian restaurant together and then we met there and I went over to hang out and he had a drum set there and I was like, Oh dude, you play drums and stuff. And he's like, yeah, man, you play guitar and stuff. I was like, yeah. And then we started jamming, and that's pretty. That's pretty much it. The the the, the true origin. Okay. Well, I think Anthony might have. Yeah, I, 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 like I. He's got a different side of the story there. Well, no, I'll second that because that's pretty much how it happened. However, um, I, I just to give a little bit more detail and context, maybe when we started playing, um, I was I don't know a couple years out of, of playing in another band. And I didn't think I was really going to play in another band uh, post, um, you know, coming to college. And then we started jamming and I was like, there's something here that I haven't felt in a while uh, since I really, you know, actually play with my cousin um, and had a, had a, a certain, I don't want to say vibe, but had that, had a certain um, presence with each other. Certain feel. We had a certain feel and I was like, this is cool. And I think from there, we just hung out and would play music and piss off the neighbors and piss off the fraternity and sorority girls as they walked past. Yeah, nice. it was interesting. Um, Posey was a punk drummer when I met him. Straight up thrasher. Still, still a punk drummer. Very much a punk drummer still, but obviously uh, herbivores and punk music. Um, so I think I kind of helped him uh, go outside of his realm of drum playing. And he also brought a lot of good uh, kind of drive to my more mellow writing style like you know acoustic based stuff um which really helped to spice up the songs and, and give a a feel that we thought was pretty unique so and nick what do you play dude 
Uh, I, I play the sound console typically. Sometimes I pick up a bass, but um, I kind of entered the picture. I mean, Anthony's drums were the first thing I recorded uh, way back when he wrote the street for me. So we've been tight. And then he kind of contacted me and was like, hey, kind of working with these guys playing some music. I was like, okay, let's let's go in and some track some stuff. So went in for a weekend and we recorded an entire album. I mean, we did some follow-up, but I was like, hey, I think there's a I think there's a band here, guys. Uh, yeah. And now that's now, are, are you talking about the two south 2017 release of college years? Yeah, yeah. When when we the first time I met Nick was the day that we started recording that album. Yeah. And uh, we we also met uh, our buddy Kevin, who does keyboards. Um, that was the first time I'd met him through Anthony here. Uh, he's like, "Oh, my friend plays keys. He'll come down and play too." So a lot. The, the first time we played as a band, we actually recorded that out. Damn. Right. Well, the reason why you guys are so interesting to me is like is twofold. Number well, it's more than twofold, but. For starters, I look on your socials and I see an eight-person band. And I'm like, oh, sweet Jesus, how the hell does that work? Right? Mm -hmm. And then, and and we'll get into that. But then, I like, when I listen to your tracks, like, if I listen to, like, Smokestacks or College Debt, I'm like, okay, this is a grunge band. It's got a little, maybe it's a little bit of Beastie Boys, right? Mm. And then I hear pixelated smile and i'm like okay is this like emo pop like i dig it all i'm not bagging on any of it please don't get me wrong mm -hmm. but like you guys have such a wide sound um yeah and, and then you pull off something really wacky like birds aren't real right <laughs> but um that was an improv. Yeah. But but you guys have such a wide you have such a wide sound like I, as i was listening to um I think it was a pixelated smile earlier and just taking some notes. Like I'm, I'm hearing a little bit of um, aquarium rescue unit, a little bit of, of uh, leftover salmon. If you guys know that band out of Boulder. Oh yeah. Um, like you guys can be grungy. You can be uh, a bit of a jam band. You can be, um, you, you know, you, you're completely willing to have a lot of fun and, and, and put wacky stuff out there too. So that's, uh, th that huge sound is what enticed me. And I think I wrote about that or, uh, or I mentioned that in one of the review blogs. Yeah, no, I, I think it's reflective of our, our own musical tastes because like we said from the beginning, I come from a certain background um, and I know Matt comes from a certain background, but we're always finding similarities in the bands that we listen to. RX Bandits is a really good example because RX Bandits has their first album is a ska punk album. But, you know, they have fully grown into current day RX, which would be prog, rock, you know, hard rock and intricate drum parts, intricate guitar parts, awesome vocals. Um, and I think it, it, it just lends credence to that the fact that a lot of the bands that, you know, we have a wide variety of uh, bands that we listen to. But of those bands, those bands themselves are versatile, you know. Um, and not only one dimensional. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, to piggyback off that, uh, I think, I think that our, the, how we intentionally change things, we've actually received some critiques from people on that. Like, oh, it's not cohesive enough. Right. And I admit 
it really wasn't, but the college years was now, it was just an amalgam of things that we had done that we slapped together. It wasn't supposed to be cohesive. We didn't have like a, a, a point to doing it. Right. Aside from just doing yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, one of my favorite bands, Faith No More is a, is a band that can do heavy metal, rock, jazz, country, and they still keep that within a cohesive lane. You know what I mean? Like, so I'm inspired by bands like that. And I, I just think, I think too much cohesion is really good, especially for an album, but it also kind of just gets a little boring and stuff starts sounding the same sometimes to me. So, yeah. And let me correct myself. It wasn't pixelated smile when I was listening to the, that kind of got me thinking of leftover salmon and the crime rescue unit. It was on the walk home. I apologize. That's okay. Two, uh, two totally different songs. Like the mm -hmm. back end of on the walk home is where I really went. Okay, I'm back in Boulder and I'm ingesting things I shouldn't be ingesting and uh -huh. I'm listening to the band. <laughs> right. Okay. So, so that's what I was that, that so I apologize. I, I, I misspoke. Um, but how do you so are are the three of you guys the core of the band or uh, is it and you bring in the other five or like what's the lineup of, of the band? The core would be me and Anthony originally, and then we brought in my buddy Chris. Uh, who was playing bass for a lot of the original herbivore stuff. And then our buddy Jake, who came in, did a little bass and guitar. Um, the, the core unit would be me, Matt, Anthony, Chris, Kevin, and Jake. And then Nick, of course, just managing it all. Um, aside from that, we got older, we graduated college, and then we are like, oh, man, we're going to be done playing music. And then we all just ended up moving to Pittsburgh anyway. We we're all just here. So it was like kind of just like an extended college stay. You know what I mean? Because yeah. we're just a bunch of thirty-year-old dudes still in the same region, like able able to continue having fun. However, some of us have just fallen off because of life things, um, and they—it's not like they're out of the band, but they don't have enough time to come practice and and do things that you know as consistently as I would like. So then we just kind of searched outward for other good musicians who could fit with us, and then you know when we get like a bigger show or something, we all just get together and say, well, yeah, let's do it. And even the people that haven't been playing or practicing with us, we invite them back too, because there's always a place and sound that can be added uh, yeah. to make a pretty magical live experience. Yeah. And I'd like to, um, I think I, we, I pride ourselves on being able to show up if it's just Matt and I, or Kevin and Matt or Matt and Sarah, or, I mean, there was one point it, it was an herbivore song was played while Matt was in California. It was me, Kevin, Chris, um, playing herbivore and Kevin and, and Kevin took the lead vocal. So there's a band called bond, the music industry that was really good at doing that with Jeff Rosenstock. Um, back in the early two thousands, there was like 13 people in the band and some nights Jeff would himself would just show up or Jeff and a saxophone player or Jeff and the drummer. And I've always kind of wanted to emulate that within the band. Love that. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of, it's, I mean, it, it reminds me of Nashville a little bit, a, a little bit, just because, like, there's always a revolving cast of characters behind whoever the artist is, right? Like, I mean, you go out on the road and you can have a completely different band from, from one week to next. But music, and I think this gets back to your earlier point, Matt and Anthony, about the vibe that you guys felt that first day that you guys were jamming and once you find a good bunch of people it's not hard to find that vibe again when you pick it back up right and i've i've, I've often thought of and, and to tell me if you disagree with this maybe i'm just old and nuts but like 
when you have a friendship with somebody, your friendship is a, is at a certain level. Like, you know, let's say that friendship is at like four feet. And then when you have a, a, a life partner or a, or, or, or a family member, you know, it's probably at five feet, but man, when you start playing in a band and you start communicating with a completely different language, mm -hmm. that level of communication is up, is up higher. Do you, do you guys agree with that? I would 100% agree with that. The the dynamic of a relationship is different and it's um it's it's important to maintain to what you say the 4 foot relationship but there's that added again to use your analogy that extra 2 feet that is sometimes hard to navigate so you're not only just getting together with your buddies to watch the football game and drinking beer when your wives let you like no this is something that it's it's important to me it's important to everybody that's a part of it and it and it's deeper and it outlasts anything that comes up in life and sometimes things come up in life that you know take precedence however um it's important to remember where you came from and and maintain that friendship and ultimately the connection that you have artistically yeah yeah and i can um i can definitely communicate with the band members just as friends better than my family anyway. So then you add that extra, you add, you add that extra like step of, uh, you know, that different language, that feel that, uh, you know, it's, I don't envy people who don't experience that kind of connection without talking. Right. And not, and not that like people that aren't in bands with their friends aren't less of friends. That's not at all what we're saying. And I don't think that's what you're saying either, but no, it's just it, different. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, I've, I consider myself lucky that, you know, I could also just any one of us is good enough musicians to go out and try out for, uh, you know, being a studio guitarist or a studio drummer. And, you know, but what I yearn and what I and what I crave is that connection with your friends when you're playing music. It's really ultimately why we do it. Yeah. I mean, if you're not a musician, if you're not in a band, it's so hard to understand it. I, I remember I was on a golf course with my dad talking about, hey, Kitty, what's up? What's what's the cat's name, by the way? It's Venom. Venom. Oh, I love it. What a beautiful He's a name. He's a prince. Right? But I, I remember being on a golf course with my dad having this conversation. My dad is old school, right? He's like, you know, nothing's, nothing stronger than family, 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 family. I'm like... I don't know, man. You ever played in a band? <laughs> yeah. Why, why do you judge me all the time, Dad? <laughs> and my and I love my dad. He's a he's an absolute sweetheart. I couldn't ask for a better father, but I couldn't. But it's like, how do I explain this to a guy just who has no? The guy could. I mean, he can carry a tune in a bucket, but that's about it, right? <laughs> like, if you've never been in a band, you just don't. You you don't get it. You don't get that vibe. You don't understand that level of 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 communication, um, you know, and I think, and, and even for Nick, like you, some nights you play bass and, and some nights you're running sound, but on those nights that you're running sound, dude, you're part of the band too, you know? Yeah. And he I, is I, the band, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty much running sound most of the time. I, bass is rare occasion, but yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, when I stepped in, I didn't feel part of the band really. I was there to like, you know, capture stuff, ca capture what was happening. Uh, and then as we just did more and more shows, you know, it was, you know, it was clear. Yeah. I'm part of the band. I'm just playing a different part. I'm yeah. making sure things sound good out in front of house so that they sound the best they can when we're in a live scenario. I mean, I hear a bunch of bands that, you know, could maybe sound a little bit better live. 
Um, and there's a lot of stuff going on in this band. So like I'm riding faders all the time. Like, yeah. Well, and also I think, you know, Nick's uh, contributions to the band are pretty much priceless. A lot of people just don't have somebody who has the skill set like Nick. I sure as fuck don't uh, to like actually um, make that sound what we want, but also stick around for years and years and years doing it. You know, like, so we show up someplace and we have a whole sound system with us too. Like it, it catches people off guard sometimes like, Oh, or like we show up to a venue and Nick's like talking to the sound guy there. And he's like, oh, I'm going to do sound tonight. And the sound guy's like, Oh fuck. Yeah. I get to sit back and just chill, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and we're kind of spoiled in that way. You mm-hmm. know, I wish every band had that because uh, I mean, it, it's just in, it's invaluable to have a great FOH mm-hmm. who knows the set list who know and knows the songs and and as a musician as well can jump in and, and ride the faders. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. And 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 even knows the the inner workings of a show. You know, like we can just show up and Nick will understand just very basic load in time, like you know the importance of load in and, and the significance of a good sound check. You know that goes a long way for a band. Yeah. Yeah, let talk to me. Let, let's dive into "On the Walk Home" if we could, please. Mm-hmm. Just that single. Um, I wrote down one, two, three, four, five things about it that I absolutely love, and maybe you guys can dive into it. Number one is the extensions, the chordal extensions coming in off the electric, like you know, playing the playing the dominant chord on the four, playing the thirteen off the tonic, like I, just beautiful shit. Loved it. Uh, I loved the the rolling pattern on the acoustic, the drone pattern, um, the drum pattern, and how it was mixed and produced. And, and uh, I'm assuming Nick, that was you that tracked it. Yep. Kudos, dude. Nice job. Um, lead vocals. And Matt, did you lay that? Did you lay that down? Mm-hmm. Okay. The lead vocal was killer. I love how the spoken uh, context of it. Thank you. Um, by the way, some of your other trucks, some of your other tracks, I, I, I got a, a a hint of Jeff Buckley every now and then. I get um, that sometimes. Yeah. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> but not only did I love the lead vocal and the way it was delivered, but the dichotomy of having the female vocal on the background was great. Yeah, because I sang that song so low. I'm sure when Nick was recording it, you know, everything was turned up just to like kind of hear it. Um, I like the feel of that as opposed to just I have I, I consider the voice to be a, an instrument in itself. Yeah. Um, so most of the stuff you hear, I, I, I might be singing a little bit differently on most tracks. Um, that one in particular, very low kind of uh, I guess you'd call it crooning kind of vocals. Um, so it was just like, oh, yeah. So if we if we kind of just like trace those vocals with a, with a female counterpart um, but without harmonizing or anything, like she's singing the same thing, it'll, it'll help that stand out a little bit more and kind of pierce through a little bit more. Yeah. Also, the song being kind of like a love song and whatnot, it just it just helps the whole theme of that song too, right? Yeah, it just, it expands the whole palette of the whole track when, you know, it's kind of like, the, it's, you know, it's the old Fleetwood Mac trick. Yeah, um, and then regards to like the, you know, so my playing style is very full on the acoustic guitar. I, I grew up trying to play acoustic instrumentals where you kind of use the whole guitar as an instrument, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so when I bring ideas to the band, it's like, okay, there's a lot going on with this acoustic guitar. How can we still add to it without it being too much? Which the, the, the electric guitar you were talking about there is, is Chris. You know, he's really good at um, 
kind of hearing what I'm doing and just adding that texture when it's right yeah. uh, to kind of really fill it out. Um, nice, nice paint. Yeah, and I think to build on that with drums, alluding to what we initially talked about when we first met, it it was interesting to um, observe Matt's guitar work because I was able to at points mimic the strumming because it is itself a, a, a rhythmic pattern in a beat and I can be I can follow that if I would like to which I, I tend to especially on that song um, and almost have a melodic feel with drums yeah um, so that kind of adds an extra layer there of of um, of what Matt's doing where did you guys track it uh, that was up at my buddy's place uh, around State College, Pennsylvania. He's got a nice little studio at the top of his warehouse. And uh, we, we took a week um, to record that album. And it was nice because he had a place where we could stay. And so we just woke up every day, went to the studio and then came back and mixed and did some vocal stuff and, you know, separate little house. Um, but we, we did we did all of album two in a week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, just kind of immersed ourselves in it like nothing else, you know. Is it's that, kind of like the best kind of work. Is that the new album coming up or are you talking about one of the EPs? That's the new album. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Okay, cool. Um, so t- t- um, so I, I, up at the studio, just talk to me. What, uh, what Walk through some of the gear that you were using. What was your DAW? What favorite mics? All that kind of nerdy shit. Uh, I mean, I was just tracking on an M32 because that's 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 all I had. Um, I mean, my choice. I'm not too picky. I come from the live world, so I'm, I get it up and get it going. I can work with pretty much anything. You know, I'll spend some time getting some stuff mic'd up the way I want to. Um, but we tracked it all live, so we were basically there getting drums and bass. And then I think we dubbed guitars and most of everything else. But I mean, we we kept some of the actual live takes in there for some for some tracks i think um but yeah i mean that's you know just a standard mic you know locker it's there's there's nothing too crazy and special um we we did uh go do a little session in milk boy the studio and that's when i got to have a lot of fun with a nice ssl console and all the outboard gear and we found all the good patch cables and the bad patch cables yeah it just it sound the the way it sounds feels different than what i'm getting right now and you know all yeah. of our stuff in the future we're gonna maybe you know make some changes there but we're just wor- working with what we had and we were just focused on trying to get the tracks in well it sounds great yeah sounds great uh nick you were gonna or anthony i'm sorry you were gonna say something no i was just gonna again to add some context to the timeline the tracking of album two um it took place how long after the tracking of album one not even about not, a year. Yeah, not 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 very long. So it would have been we tracked the spring of 2016. The first album came out 2017, and then we tracked essentially this album to um, January of 2018. Yep. Yeah. You track that the next record you tracked five years ago, mm-hmm. six years ago. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's yeah. That's true. Okay, so then explain to me why you sat on it. I mean, I know you had a five-song release live at Milk Boy Studio in 2020, and then you had another five-song release in 2022. Can't take them out. So why'd you sit on this record for five years? 
the first hitch was uh, me moving to California shortly after that for a little fellowship for like the less important career that I want to pursue. And then, uh, so that kind of threw us off for a little bit. So we were trying to do some things. We actually released a single Winds of Change while I was in California. Um, so we were trying to do some stuff, but like, okay, let's just kind of wait on album two a little bit. Uh, I came back, what, in close to 2020. And I think what just a lot of us just going back and forth with how we were. It, it's, it's just been life. A, yeah. It's just I, been a chaotic journey, this album. Weird life. Yeah. yeah. I also take a long time to do shit things. happens, right? Life okay. happens, start careers. And, yeah. um, you know, we, we, we have tried to plan to release it at certain points. And then I keep wanting to make some changes and we hear some different things. And also, you know, just going through COVID and everything, I'm kind of glad we, we have content to sit on. And now that we're feeling ready to like finally push it out, we don't have to worry as much because uh, even some of the previous EPs, it was, you know, still work, I have the album to work on, but then, okay, let's work on this now. So yeah. it's going to be time spent on that. And we kind of rush those too to get them out and release them. So, you know, we, we feel a little bit more comfortable with album two to release it and give it, the time it deserves um and it's you know we're, we're excited to finally push it out i'm excited to stop uh running the tracks back again and again um, yeah how much how much re reworking and re and and um you know re-reporting and remixing did you do i mean not a not a ton of re uh recording it's mainly stuff with the mix and i'll work on stuff for maybe one day on a weekend and then i won't touch things for another two weeks yeah uh, you know stuff gets in the way but it was also like, uh, you know, we've gotten better at recording. Like, we're already working on future songs, and they're already kind of, you know, subjectively sounding even a little, a little better than that. So it's like now that we have stuff to compare it to that we know we can do, we go back and listen to album two, and we're like, oh, shit, we could probably change this a little bit now, make this sound better. So, like, yeah. it, it, again, it's like I assume most musicians experience this where they just, it's, there comes a point where it's just like, okay, it is what it is. We need to release it and stop dwelling on it. Um, but from a live standpoint, sitting on all this album, uh, for, or sitting on the album for so long, it's actually given us time to build up a presence and actually some notoriety around the city and stuff like that. And uh, like, I don't know if we wanted to release it five years ago when no one really knew about us, right? Because then, mm. you know, so now it's like, okay, we're actually gaining some traction and now we we have a whole album to release, so in a way, it kind of works in that in our favor. I think so. That's a good point. I mean, if you because you, you had twelve songs on the college years, right? And then if you're drop and then if you're going to drop another twelve songs following year, you know, you you're you're starting an interesting precedent. It's like, well, shit, we're going to put out a record every year. <laughs> yeah, we're not Portugal the Man or anything like that. <laughs> And I think, it, and I think it adds to the the whole essence of the band itself because the uh, the intent was to um, record the college years because we wanted to record the songs so we can go back and listen to them when we're all off in Hawaii, in Russia, and China doing our our own separate things. Uh, obviously, that didn't happen. So now we're here, um, figuring out where to go next. You know. And also, one last point. Uh, one last comment on this, uh, because we did, did, you know, when we first recorded album two, 
you know, it was much like the college years where we kind of just got together and we laid down what we knew. But then we played those songs live together for the next several years. Mm. And they were like, oh, this sounds so much better. So we even went back, you know, and like made changes based on actually playing it live. Good. Right. Um, so yeah. I, think, I think it's helped us a lot in that regard. Mm-hmm. Well, and the other big thing, too, is, you know, Matt, your voice, uh, I, I mean, your voice changed. It's gotten better, yeah. You know, I mean, you get older and, you know, you you get older and you you get a couple of more notes and you get a couple, you get a couple more buckets of gravel in your throat. You know, I mean, your voice just changes over time, right? Yeah. And like, I mean, there's old videos of me at like 13, 14 years old on YouTube. I'm, I'm listening to them. I'm like, man, I sucked at singing. But it's truly something that if you do it all the time, you, you really learn how to fine tune your yeah. larynx, you know? Yeah. It's a um, muscle. Yeah, exactly. So, like, yeah, it's definitely gotten better, and I think you'll even you'll even hear more development uh, in the vocal field and um, after album two. Okay. Well, yeah. t- talk to me a little bit about about the local following. I mean, I, I see you guys doing some local gigs. You were playing some festivals this summer. You do some house parties. Like, what are your local shows like? Um, I, so yeah, you, we had a decent summer with some of the local festivals. Millville festival, um, is always a great one. And we really appreciate, um, the festival and the community that they bring together. Um, for, you know, all the arts come together on a, on a weekend and uh, from Millville to the local breweries, um, there's just, we have a solid group of friends that would come out, but then we have an additional, you know, five people that will come with our friends and then that five turns into 10 and that 10 may turn into 20. Um, and, you know, we all are in extracurriculars as well. You know, we we're, we're go to the climbing gym. So we've made friends through there, obviously coworkers um, and other bands that obviously we play with uh, that always support each other. Yeah, Pittsburgh is a very interesting place right now with the local music scene. Um, there's, there's some national attention on some bands. Um, and there's a lot here to offer in terms of the type of music that's being played. Yeah. And, um, you know, we, we didn't, we kind of have always just, I think that's maybe the reason why we keep doing this stuff is because like we, we, we constantly are just checking off like little milestones, you know, like, like guitar hero or something where eventually you're playing on that, that big stage yeah. You know, like it's like, oh, we want to go to Pittsburgh and play here, and then we did it. You know, oh, now we want to, you know, play at this more, like this more known venue, and we did it. It's like, oh, we want to get on a festival, and then we did it, and then we want to headline the festival, and then we then we did it, and it's just like we we kept hitting these little milestones. Um, so, and then you know, and once we got more followers that way, it's like, okay, well, let's throw some banging house shows, you know, just to have fun. Um, so we 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 throw some good, pretty good parties up here too. Again, most of that is. Uh, because Nick has like ten thousand dollars worth of lights in the basement, you know it's it's a pretty good experience. <laughs> yeah, we 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 can have a good time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nick's got a good side job, is what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Lucrative. It's not bad. <laughs> I mean, we haven't paid shit, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, is the goal, uh, you know, for some bands, you know, they're like, hey, we just want to play regionally and just, you know, we're just going to release music and we don't really care about getting a deal and getting major. And other bands are like, nah, man, we're in it for the long haul. We, you know, we're going to, we're going to try and play three river stadium. Like what's the goal for you guys? What's the long-term goal? Well, I think, um, to kind of what Matt just said, we kept ticking off the milestones. The goal was to 
was to record songs that were created by the quote core of the band in college and then we did it um it's a good question and i think it's it's worth it, it's it, it's kind of worth talking about here now <laughs> what is the goal uh oh did i start did i start an argument i think our goal is to travel outside the state a little bit play some shows i, I would we'd love to get an opening act with someone who has some clout or like a draw you know all that classic band shit um i i we would love to get on some bigger festivals or even smaller festivals you know just like uh we, we're kind of at the point now where it's like we've been doing this for so long um and we're finally starting to get a little bit of recognition but it's still even not that much so it's like we're trying to figure out ways to expand and to have different ears hear our stuff so that maybe just somebody who has any kind of pool can be like hey well i heard these guys and just give us a recommendation, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, I think that's more or less the goal is really like, I, I want to keep going with it. There's some people in our band who are pretty content with not pursuing it much further. Um, but me and Anthony are still, you know, driving towards that goal pretty hard. And Nick is too, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm there. And it's, it's a, it's a thing that's like, we get offers to play some shows and it's like, okay, do we, do we want to do that again? Or are we going to save our time for, you know, an opportunity that makes a little bit more sense for everyone to come out to. Which is cool because before we were never, you know, we would take any show at all, you know, it's just like, yeah. yeah, of course we got to get out there. We got but, to play yeah. it, but we're to the point now it's like, well, we don't really need to do that show. It might not really benefit us, which is, it's kind of cool to have that option. And, and I mean, to everyone, what everyone's saying here, but what is the goal of, of bands now in 2023 um, as a working class band, as a band that goes to work every day, Sonic Youth did it until they had their reunion show. Like, what was their goal? You know, I, I don't know what the goal is. All I know is, is that I enjoy playing music. And if I can continue to have these connections with people that we play music in front of in other states, in other countries, then I will do anything I can to do that. That's a great, that's a great approach. Anthony. Yeah, I really, I really think too. It's like you know, some people get turned off when music becomes like a little business, yeah. but I think we actually get pretty stoked on that. It's cool to actually allocate your mental energy um, to something that you really want to do and maybe profit off it a little bit at the same time, right? But that was never the goal. But at the same time, it's like you know, we've had some riffs in the band. Where it's like, oh, this doesn't feel like we're friends anymore. It's getting like too serious, and it's like, okay, we gotta take a step back and you know, accommodate everybody's needs. Um, but I, I want to get to the point where music feels kind of like a business. Um, it's not going to make it any less fun for me. You have to treat it like a business. I, I, I had a, uh, a podcast the other day with two guys that are deep into the Bitcoin world. And they're both, they both, I mean, Bitcoin is their day job. Let's put it that way. <clears throat> and they're both mu musicians on the side. And we talked about, um, you know, bringing musicians into the space. And, and we were just kind of riffing on the idea that a lot of musicians forget that it's still a business. And that's, you know, it's all great that we love doing, you know, touchy-feely songs and art and, and pushing the ball forward for humanity. You know, I mean, I, I if there's more art in the world, to me, there's if there's more art, there's more love and there's less war. I mean, you know, there's less shit, you know? Amen, brother. Uh, yeah, but, you know, it's... Um, 
it's still a business and you know you're up against people who are far less talented than you who for whatever reason got a lucky break you know mm-hmm. or you know they're far less talented than you and their uncle's like yeah i'll give you a hundred thousand dollars to pimp that thing on tiktok you know and then yeah so that's the thing we're looking for is is really that lucky break right let's like I don't think skill alone is going to do it. We, we need a little work ethic, work ethic, being at the right place at the right time, doing the right thing at the right time. Andy yeah. Warhol, Andy Warhol, uh, the greatest, one of the greatest contemporary artists, modern artists of the 20th century viewed his work, viewed his art as a business. And you look at his earlier illustrations, they were clear, clearly human, great, great pieces of work. And then it became what is known to be pop art. And he was pushing the limits to what it was to make art at the time. And he viewed it all as, I got to show up. I got to continue to do the work. I'm at the factory. I don't care if people are here, you know, on drugs or drinking. You, you're here to do the work. And you are here to uh, make a product. Yeah. No different than us in the basement. Well, I think, th- and, uh, and I think... There has never been a better time to be uh, an independent musician than now. And um, part of what you're doing um, is part of the reason why I'm so excited. And it's the reason, and it's how I found you. And that's Wave Lake and Bitcoin. And I know you guys are just, you know, you're you're pretty new to it. Uh, you know, you, you got about 16,000 sats in there, but you've over on wave Lake. but I see you guys getting some spins on my show and Adam Curry show and some other people. Um, how did you guys, and I, and just so you know, like where I come from, I don't know if you heard any of the, of the pre- previous shows, but, um, I was in LA from 95 to 03. I did the singer songwriter thing. Uh, I've spent four years on the road as a musician. Um, and I still play for fun around town, around Nashville. It's not my day job anymore, but um, uh, I I still adore the industry, of course, and and uh, just got into it hardcore again because of what I see is going on with Bitcoin and Wave Lake and things like that. How did you guys come across Wave Lake? Oh yeah, you all look like the sound guy. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I I've listened to No Jen and I and I heard Adam Curry t- talk about it, uh, and I you know I I looked at it. I don't know, months and months back, but didn't do anything with it. And then I think it was like May or so. I'm like, okay, let me let me create an account here. Let me sign up and let's just post something. I mean, I, I saw it as an, a way to get to new ears. Yeah. You know, get, get, get out of our, our, our Spotify and Apple Music crowd already and try to just branch out. I mean, it, there, there, there was no downside that I saw. Um, and if anything, we're getting paid directly uh, was something that has gone up in value uh, since we started posting music, and you know we we've been discussing about you know releasing more stuff on there. I've got hours and hours of stuff recorded from practices, live sets. I mean, if we're going out and playing, I'm typically tracking it, and so we're having discussions about you know what else could we post here because it's like we can kind of post anything anytime we want. Um, and it's I don't I don't know it's 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 a it's a nice refreshing new space. Uh, it's nice that there's a community around it too, and yeah. you know you, you can you can support each other, you can boost boost one, one another. And I, I mean we I don't know we we just don't really see a downside to it. No, uh, there is no as it stands right now. Yeah, there is no downside to it. I mean the only um, 
it's I'm talking to a lot of musicians about bringing them in, and the biggest thing I run into is that they don't know anything about Bitcoin. Um, but I cannot, I, I can't think of a, a of a literal downside to it. I mean, maybe somebody would say, well, you know, what if I, what if I post my music in there and I make some Bitcoin and then Bitcoin crashes? I uh, long fucking shot that it's going to crash. It's just number, going up. Yeah, number one. Number two. Okay. Uh, uh, my my standard response to that is, okay, how much did you make on Spotify last year? Right. Right. Yep. And, and we we've seen just in the in the streams uh, on the major platforms an increase since we've started posting on on Wavelake. You know, so some people I think probably go there to find new music, find new artists, and then yeah. you know they're rolling back to their original you know daily app every once in a while, and that's that's totally fine. I mean, we're we're looking for New Year's, and we're we're definitely seeing, seeing them come in. Yeah, and I and and as a fan of Bandcamp. Um, through the the good times and the bad times, I was wondering at first, like, what's the difference of someone giving me a dollar on Bandcamp if they like my song? But I, what I've noticed um, in the little bit of time and the little bit of discussion that I've had with Nick on this platform is the community, like you said, that's around it. And the fact that you are willing to sit here and interview us because you liked our, our music. That's, I think, that, that that's yeah. the main point. And also, it's cool to just get like the instant feedback that it provides. Like we can see sats coming in, and we can get comments. So that stuff doesn't happen on like Spotify or Apple Music. Like we don't, we don't feel as validated on those platforms because we don't. You know, we might check how many listens we got once a month or whatever, but that doesn't like, you know, it's not personalized kind of like uh, Wavelike is. You know. Yeah, and that's and that can be a like. That can be a depressing thing too. You know, you can. Oh, let me log into my Spotify account and see how many steam. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know. Um, are are you guys um are are you guys on Noster at all? Or are are you in that world? <clears throat> we are not. You might you you might want to look into that just as a uh, as in a way as a way to kind of accentuate the experience. Um, notes and other strings transmitted on relays, right? Um, it's all open source. Um, it works on, you know, uh, iOS and Android. Um, it's, uh, completely censorship free. There's a, there's a whole, uh, community of Nostra developers. These, these guys and gals are just hardcore, uh, Bitcoiners, hardcore open source, hardcore, uh, anti-censorship. Um, and, and right now, what you're going to find is you're going to find a lot of devs. You're going to find a lot of developers. Um, and there's not a lot of artists in that space. So, um, you know, for you guys to find a client, quote unquote, you know, uh, um, something on your phone that works best for you. Like I'm on Android. I use Amethyst. If you're on um, iOS, probably Domus. Um, but maybe open up an account, uh, you know, a herbivore account there and, and start talking about, you know, and start following people and making friends and start, you know, pushing your music out there and you might, uh, you know, find that it helps to grow the community. No, that's, a, that's definitely appreciated. And if, if I may ask a question, um, yeah. you know, you said that you, you did some time in, in LA right. and did some time. And Actually, I did time in Santa Barbara, but that was only 24 hours. Time. Sorry, and that. that was, I mean, that seemed to be an interesting time. That was the time I, it seems that the record industry was really scrambling because they knew what was what was up what was upcoming, you mentioned that be, it's a good time to be an independent artist right now. That's why you got into the game, and that's why you're doing what you're doing. 
Um, what do you see the music industry, you know, how do you see the music industry playing out for not only independent artists, but for established artists right now? God, that's a great question. Got to edit out all this dead air now. No, man, it's good. It's good shit. I love all of it. I'm excited for independent art. And, and if I get off track to stop me, because I'll, because you ask my wife, I'll talk for two hours. <laughs> I'm excited for independent artists more, more so than I have been before because of the marketing possibilities that you have at your fingertips with social media. Uh -huh. And I know social media sucks. I know you're not content creators. I know the last thing you want to do is go out and do TikToks all day. I know that. I know that. But you, you can figure it out yourself and you don't need to pay anybody to do it. Mm -hmm. That's number one. Number two, as you guys have proven... You know, and as you can see here and at home, like you don't need to go to a kick ass studio anymore. You can do all the stuff yourself, right? Um, I was in LA when that transition happened from tape to hard drives, like, mm -hmm. uh, you know, going from hanging out at Capitol and Ocean Way and, and Sound on Sound and all these places, and then watching all of these studios fall apart because everybody starts doing it at home. It's fascinating. So, so the cost of operating for you guys, for these independent artists today, is a, is a lot lower than it's ever been. You have more competition than you've ever had, unfortunately. That's just a nature of the beast. You know, if you on one of the podcasts, I talk about how hard it is because there's a lot of really shitty musicians out there that are getting a lot of spins, and the general public does not know the difference between uh, somebody who is as good and fluent and perfect in the industry as Taylor Swift and somebody who just sucks, you know, yeah. and, and like your, your, your aunt Karen, who, yeah, <laughs> I remember know, that. Yeah. Her, her, your, your aunt Karen thinks that the gal who sings at the church is fantastic. And the gal who sings at the church is awful. And, but your aunt Karen can't tell the difference between her and Taylor Swift. Right. So there's, so you have more competition, but, you have more avenues of revenue than you've ever had before. You have less gatekeepers than you ever had before. When I was coming up, I, you know, if we wanted to get on the radio or if we wanted to get uh, a deal, it all ran through the, the, the major labels, you know, um, and, you know, pay to play gigs at the whiskey and the Roxy and all mm -hmm. that shit, you know, and yet you guys don't have that. Uh, you, you don't have, you don't have to do it, do with that shit anymore. Yeah. And then, Oh, now here comes Bitcoin, right? And you've got artists out there like Joe Martin um, who are doing really well in the space. Even Ainsley Costello doing really well in this space um, where you're like, man, if they really started pushing it, like they could be doing a thousand bucks a month, uh, even more, you know? And this and this is just at the beginning of it, of having that direct uh that direct relationship between the artist and, and the listener. And as you guys alluded to, like when you see the sats coming in and you see the comments coming in right away, that's, that's really powerful. It's really powerful. Yeah. So you've got more competition than you've ever had, but you have more tools at your disposal than you've ever had. And it's easier to record than it's ever been. And the, and you know, the, the, the new keyboards that are coming out and the new, uh, the new beats and all of this, technology that you can use at your disposal like you are you are bound and held back by nothing 
Mm. You know, the only thing that holds you back is the amount of shitty competition out there. That's it. Yeah. But you can outsmart them if, if you've got a work ethic. And and I yeah right. And I would even one up you on that. It's the it's the shitty content that's out there, but that's also being propped up uh, by manipulating the algorithm. And oh that's, yeah. And that's what yeah. I, what I think the real frustration is is because you know back when my cousin was playing Pittsburgh in 1988, all he wanted to do was get her you know uh, in the zine and then go to new york and then have the label sign us well now it's just having the you know manipulating the algorithm to get you on a playlist on spotify to get the label to sign you and it's just and like it's, what's the same shit somebody somebody is going to break through on this you guys joe martin just loud somebody is going to break through on this space and this is what i think is going to happen uh and i talked about it in the last podcast with sean and bobby you guys are going to get to a point where you're making so much money off of Bitcoin and off of regular streams and everything like that, that a major label is going to come to you and you're going to be like, why do we need you? Mm. Why do we need you? What the fuck am I going to pay you guys for? You're going to yep. 40% for what? For what? I can go out and, and I can underwrite my own tour. I can, I can put my music in RSS feeds and get them directly to the people who wants to, who wants to hear it. And, and you guys are not going to put your hand in my wallet. And Somebody I is going to break through on this space and it's going to completely cut out the major labels and the major yep. label is going to be going, uh, yeah, yep. well, what the hell do we, what can we offer these guys? You're right. And I think it's a, it's harder to do that now, but the, because of this platform, we have an avenue to do that because in the past that's already been done. Discord records said F you to the, to the labels. We're going to keep putting out our own records because it costs us $2 to put us out in the basement and we're going to continue. And Fugazi puts out millions of albums and, and, and sells repeater off the shelves and they did it by themselves. You know, the, the independent labels were doing that. NWA was selling records out of their trunk of their car and yep. they went platinum because the eventually the labels realized, you know, we need to we need to latch on to this milk cow. But it's harder to do that now. I can't go out in Pittsburgh and sell herbivore albums out of the trunk of my car because, like you said, the market is so saturated with good yeah. and shitty content. Yeah. Well, I think that the labels are realizing that that. Um, I don't know if the, well, I shouldn't say that they real they're realizing their days are numbered. That's not true. I I think the labels um, are probably scared of what's going on because for the uh, you know I, they're they're starting to see a backlash and they're starting to and the public is starting to figure out that these guys are paying on the back end to manipulate playlists, mm. right? And this uh, another interesting thing I saw this year, you know, a couple of weeks ago when everybody started putting out here's my Spotify year I had. 300,000 streams and like Argentina was my favorite country, right? Like this was the first year where I saw a lot of artists going, why the fuck am I celebrating 200,000 spins when I didn't get paid? Yeah. Why, why are we, and as, as Joe Martin said, when I interviewed him, why am I paying you to rip me off? Mm. I'm paraphrasing what Joe said, but you know, that, you know, you're paying money to earn nothing. Yeah, you're, you're paying money for the privilege of being ripped off. I can't remember exactly what Joe said, but I think that the labels and the streaming companies, I think they see the writing on the wall and they're not going to be able to stop what can and will happen with with Bitcoin or even with Ethereum and NFTs to a certain extent. Mm. Um, and, and I'm not saying this is going to happen in 2024. It, it might take a couple of years, but... It's going to get de decentralized. You're going to start seeing artists. You're already seeing 
hip hop artists and a lot of people earn really good money completely outside of the, the, the major labels and in many respects, completely outside of, of Spotify. Mm. You know, I think a lot of it is analogous to like, why did we, why did we pay to play at, at, at certain venues back in the day? Right. It's yeah. just like, it's like, well, you're, you're the musician inherently just wants to get more people to listen to it. Right. Um, so I think, you know, well, why am I paying you to rip me off? Why did I do that before? Even if there's five people at the bar, that's five more people that listen to my music. But again, that's when you start, you cross that line between, are you just doing it for, you know, for fun or are you trying to actually make it a business? And I think there is a, a, a threshold that's crossed eventually with a band when you realize, okay, we, we, we shouldn't be paying to get ripped off anymore. These five people hearing it doesn't matter. Um, we, we actually need to start making money on this. Yeah. And, yeah. Anthony, did, did I answer your question? You did. And, and you made me think of more questions, but that was, I appreciate that because I, I ultimately think independent music has had many battles with major labels and, mm -hmm. and at points independent music has won. Um, but I think now independent music has, for lack of a better term, more ammo on, on our side more than ever. And like you said, I think the labels are scared. I mean, I, I just had this epiphany the other day. I'm like, LimeWire was huge when I was younger and, and everyone illegally down, downloaded music and they knew it. So they capitulated and they just created Spotify. You know what I mean? Like, mm. They just took advantage of it and they understood that they couldn't stop that wave. Yeah. And they're both green. <laughs> That's my concern. I, yeah, I'm just, uh, you know, the, just to summarize, like the, there's more competition. I know that but there's more opportunity and yeah. with, and with what I'm seeing artists are starting to get paid in the Bitcoin space. Like if they start promoting it hard in the Bitcoin space, it's going to pop. Um, you know, next week there's a couple of shows up in Minneapolis that are, that are going to be live streamed over RSS and Noster at the same time. And they're going to be Bitcoin enabled, lightning enabled, mm. you know? So people can like, you know, like you, you guys, you, you guys can do this too. Like on your next show, uh, tie it into uh, a live stream, right? And um, and and uh, Nick, reach out to me. I, I can I can point you in the right direction of the people to talk to. But you guys could do a live stream of your next gig and have it go over Noster and have it go over RSS, and you guys could be making Bitcoin while people are watching you in fucking Malaysia. Yeah, I mean, the next show's album release show. So I mean, boom, there you dude, go. You gotta do mm -hmm. it. Yeah, you gotta do it. And, nope. and, and like you said, creating a community with all of the people on this platform and eventually hopefully one day saying, hey, you know, we're coming through Nashville, which I was in Nashville recently. I was at the Cobra. Um, I don't know if you ever you don't you know about the Cobra Lounge. It was oh, a music yeah. venue. Yeah. yeah, My other yeah. band played there. It was pretty cool. But right. just coming through town and saying, you know, we met on this platform and we're in it for the same reasons. I think that I could see this you know, getting to that point where you start making connections, um, you know, to go touring all across the, other, the country. Yeah. The other thing I would, I would, I would bring up there is what, what you're talking about there is, um, a thousand true fans, Anthony. That's like, if, if you go to that, I don't know if you've been to that website, but, um, all it, all it talks about, and the, the website looks like it was designed like in 2008, like nobody's touched it. 
but it's a great mindset. It's very similar to value for value. And the idea is you really only need a thousand true fans. If you got a thousand true fans that are dropping like a hundred bucks uh, each on you for the year, dude, that's a hundred grand. That's a good living. You yeah. know, now granted you got eight people in the band. You're, right. You guys might need to be making more. Right. right? But Matt, you last. you know, you don't need, um, Taylor Swift size audiences or even or even Jason Aldean size audiences mm -hmm. to have a good to have a good living. If you guys are able to through Bitcoin and through the social media and through live streaming and everything like that, if if you guys can get like a like a thousand, two thousand people a year that are kicking in between a hundred and you know, that are kicking around a hundred bucks each. Yep. Dude, quit your day job. Go to yep, exactly. You know? You know? That's, yeah, that'd be sweet. So, yeah, so that's what I so that's part of the reason why I'm I'm excited about it. And I think culturally too, like you know, the it, it, I am an optimist. I am a humanist. I I know there's a lot of strife in our country going on politically, but I also see a lot of opportunity for good. And I think people are inherently good. And I think that the that the pulling apart of the political parties right now, fuck them. Let, let them let them do that to each other. But in the middle, people are just are they are so tired of the division, and th they want to get back to a reality of a of a human experience. And there's sure. nothing better than live music, man. You get everybody together, and you know you got you guys are playing for a crowd of two thousand people. And hell, man, if if a thousand of them are hardcore Trumpers and a thousand of them are hardcore Biden fans, they're all having a great time because it's a night of music yep. and there's no bullshit. Yep. yep. You know. Yeah, I think that that state is the closest that we can get to a, a primitive state at this point because it really does take take you over. And and I know kind of going back to even the, some of the, the songs that are going to be out on the second LP, um, I kind of we try to bring this tenacity and intensity with soft songs at points. And I know that I have witnessed people in the crowd um, feeling a certain way and moving a certain way when I'm playing my quietest, you know, because mm -hmm. it's, it, it has the most, um, I don't know. I don't want to say effort, but yeah, I, I, I usually get to see more reactions right. than you do. And it's probably harder to play softer. You know what I mean? That's true. It is. Mm. Especially for him. Yeah. <laughs> Especially I just had this funny thought. We played this, played this club down in Laguna beach. 25 years ago and my drummer was from Sweden and he's just beats the crap out of him. And we had to, we played there two nights and after one night we had to go to home Depot and get like really thin sticks for him. <laughs> I don't know why the hell I remember that. All right. We, we've been chatting for about an hour. I'm going to hit you with three, just three fun and kind of lighthearted questions to wrap this thing up. You ready? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Number one, if you guys could mentor, a young band today, what would you tell them? Smoke less weed. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> Probably. Damn. Look, um, right, they're eighth graders. Where the hell are they getting the weed from? <laughs> Where did I get it from back then? Um, that's a good question. <laughs> you go to Catholic school? <laughs> no, thankfully. <laughs> Don't take any show you play for granted and have fun. That's corny, but it's the truth for me. Yeah, if you're not enjoying it, don't do it. 
Nope. Yeah. Yeah. Don't don't aim to be the best. And again, the, the only reason we kept with this was because we just saw tangible results after a while. But at first, it was it was really, literally just because we like doing it. And I think I think people who see you can see authenticity on the stage, and they can see a connection. Um, so I would also say, make sure that you are presenting as a band who is connected. Um, what the first time I saw Anthony's for other band, his guitarist like threw his guitar off the stage, or whatever. He's all pissed off, and I was like, eh, maybe actually maybe. Yeah, what are, how, what are you going? Where are you going with this? Well, I'm saying maybe that was actually more. Maybe that was actually more authentic. I think it was. <laughs> I, I can see that he really cared. I would say, like, yeah, just try to present yourself as as authentic musicians, not aiming for gold, and you'll you'll relate to more people in the crowd that way. Yeah, being genuine because people can see through you when you're not. Nick, what would you tell him? I would I would tell him get better um, gear. Yeah, no, <laughs> gear doesn't matter. Um, sometimes it does, but I, I would say just realize that the, the music's never going to leave you once it's there and, and the way that it exists as you, as you grow up is, is going to change. And sometimes, you know, it'll be a little less present and at times a little bit more present, but you just have to, you have to, you just have to realize that it, it's always going to be there uh, in some way or another. And you got to figure out how to harness it, uh, you know, strike while the iron's hot. Um, and uh, for anyone recording out there, you know, don't be afraid to. Zeros and ones are a lot cheaper now, so yeah, uh, don't, don't be afraid to just hit record and just let it go and just keep it going. You know, yeah, good, okay, good all right, Nick. I'm I'm going to ask you this one, and then and then I want Matt and Anthony to jump in it too. If you could have any band from any genre cover any one of the herbivore songs. What band would it be, and what song would they cover? Coldplay covering? No, no, <laughs> no I, don't, I don't. I don't think that would work out well. That's uh, that's a really that's a. I I don't know how to answer questions like that. Um, Come on, like here, I'll give you mine. I yeah. would love to hear. I mean, li living or dead, right? Like I would love to hear Beastie Boys cover College Debt. I love that. Yeah. I want to hear that. That's great. Right? Yeah, that's, that's what I'm talking good. about. Come on. What, come on. What, wait, wait, what wait. You got? I, what you got, bump, bump over there. Though. Let, all let right. Me, all right. Anthony, you, Anthony, you go first. Any band from any genre, living or dead, you could pull, you could dig them out of the grave, give them smelling salts, and go, all right, all right boys. To, you um, are covering this song. <laughs> I kind of want, I want to hear the national, because I, uh, I was listening to a lot of the national when we, um, the band from Ohio, um, yeah. when we were recording album two, and I, I kind of like, uh, like to hear their rendition of, um, of, I'd say on the walk home, which you can find now streaming. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Matt, what you got? Uh, just to totally contrast our sound, it'd be cool to like if uh, Peter Steele from Typo Negative was like ripping out some sad boy herbivore, uh, maybe like an easy read. Ooh, that'd be cool. Which isn't released yet, but it's on the upcoming album. Um, 
So I, I like, you know, just to hear a maybe like a, a heavy Brooklyn metal sound there before would be pretty sweet. That'd be cool. Okay. I'll, I'll throw you another one since you, since you, uh, you mentioned faith no more. Mm-hmm. How about you ready for this? How about Mr. Bungle? Nice. Covering birds or hard <laughs> That would be fucking awesome. I feel like <laughs> they should probably do that. Yeah, my, that would uh, be funnier than that would be funnier than hell. We definitely love Michael Patton around here, so that would be amazing. Here's another one: Sarah McLaughlin covering "Pixelated Smile." That's nice. How about Tupac covering "Smokestacks"? Kind of cool. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Are you a Tupac? Are, 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 are you a Tupac or a, or a Biggie guy? Yeah. I'm a Tupac guy, but I, I yeah. love both. Yeah, I love both too. It's hard. To but know. I love Tupac. Tupac was like my childhood. Prolific. Yeah. And Kendrick. Uh, I, and 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 uh, by the way, Nick, I'm I'm not left letting you off the hook, dude. You yeah, still got to answer the question. You still got to answer the question. But let me tell you a funny little Tupac story, right? Nice. I, I worked at a studio in Burbank back in the uh, late 90s, and T- Tupac had already passed away. Um, but they were doing a remix of, like, I mean, he's got stuff in the vault, right? Oh, yeah. A lot of stuff in the vault. Like, they had an armed guard show up with the two inch reels. Seriously, like, big dude, big dude, fully armed standing outside the studio door like nobody gets in that's intense thing. it was crazy i couldn't believe it you know that and and i used to see um very white nice you see very white over the studio all the time and he it, it could be summer in in burbank and it's like 100 degrees and very white walks in and he's got a full-length leather trench coat on it's 100 degrees outside. He's got a full-length <laughs> leather trench coat on. He looks like Darth Vader coming down the hallway, right? And just like the most aromatic smell of weed just like perforates. <laughs> it's like a cloud, you know, he's got a contact high just walking. Oh, hi, hi, good morning, Mr. White. That's awesome. You know, the, like, we like that. <laughs> so, all right. Come on, Nick. Who, who is it? What band is covering what song? I, I, I don't know who it is, but I want somebody to cover Grips. But I don't know. I don't know who it is. I I yeah. I, I consume so much different music. I, I, when I listen to, to Grips, I would think like a Le- like a Led Zeppelin, maybe. I mean, I would always want to hear Wolf Mother, uh, Wolf Mother <laughs> classic. Um, against me, maybe against me. Cover Grips. I was thinking. Okay, that'd be kind of cool. Shout out, Laura Jane. Okay. So we had to help Nick out with that. Yeah. One. Thanks. All right. Nick's always so, got questions. So all right. So what what's next for you guys? You got. Uh, this record coming up and and kudos for putting out a full length record by the way when the rest of the world is doing singles uh the, it's called from the nook right and that's coming out in february yes yep. the long awaited seven year journey led us to from the nook it's like, a, um, it's like a fucking steely dan record dude <laughs> yeah. um so yeah i think when it comes out you'll hear some of our youth even as opposed to now right um, which I think is, is still cool in, in a, in a way. Um, but yep, that's coming up next. And we're, we actually, we're going to release a pixelated smile remix EP with two songs on it. Nice. Uh, we had a couple DJ friends, uh, work with that a little bit. And then other than that, we're already demoing a third album. So 
Damn. Love it. Okay. And then you got wrote, you got shows booked for next year. We've been taking a little bit of a hiatus just to like legitimately get this fucking album out mm-hmm. like for real. Um, so the next, the next show we have booked is just our album release show in February. And then from there, we'll, we'll just take it from there. Love it. Love it. Well, Nick, reach out to me. Let me know, um, you know, if you guys want to do, um, you know, that's a streaming thing for the show. Yeah, uh, definitely. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll point you in the right direction. You can even, it's another reason to get on Noster because uh, a lot of these guys, a lot of these devs um, will be willing to help you out and, and you know, kind of help out on the back end of it. Um, okay. But all of that is lovely and I really appreciate you guys coming on the show and we are going to um, we are going to take them out with a pixelated smile right so So, thanks Taylor we appreciate you with what you're doing yeah love it guys all right we'll we'll talk hang on the hang on the line just a little bit let me let me start the song and then we'll chat for a little bit but thanks for coming on right on
Nice little soft landing there, huh? That is Pixelated Smile from Herbivore coming to you out of Pittsburgh, PA. Nice little flutter pattern on the kick there at the end. That was that was nice. Love that tune. Love their vibe. Love the vocals. Love the way it's mixed. Uh, really encourage you guys to go back through their catalog. They got some great stuff, and they got a, another full album coming out here in about two months. So definitely add them to your list of favorites and make sure that you are sending them some sats right because that is what value for value is all about thank you guys so much for listening to another phantom power artist hour um this might be the last one for the year we don't know i don't know if i'm gonna have the time to do any other more podcasts this year uh but definitely looking forward to 2024 and i want to thank everybody who's been so supportive of us so far as we have rounded out this year and firing up our podcasts a lot of great shit coming up next year can't wait for it you know we got the uh, bitcoin convention happening here in nashville next summer people from all over the world coming that's going to be a blast uh but we're going to have some big announcements coming to you guys in january so thank you so much for supporting the show don't forget to send some sats and don't forget to smile the mugshot. Thanks, y'all.